Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me here on this Monday as we kick off a brand new week, a very important week. This is the place to be because this is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Check me out and follow me on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also, my email for this show is Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Send me a note. Let me know what's on your mind about the election. Further on into the week, let me know what you think about all the results that we are going to get. All right. As I said, big week, election week, election day is tomorrow. Although I know a lot of people have already voted. I don't know how we got to the place in this country where we have an election month rather than an election day. But here we are. So tomorrow's election day. I plan to vote for my friend Lee Zeldin in the state of New York for governor. And I always try, unless I'm out of town, I always try to vote on election day for one simple reason. I do not want to give the Democrat cheaters a running start on the count. And I know I'm just one vote and I, you know, I'm here in New York, so it's like spinning into an ocean But I don't like to give them a running start in terms of how many votes they're going to need on election night to win. 
how many votes they're going to need to overcome. I don't like to give them that running start. I don't like to give them a heads up as to how many votes they're going to need. So I vote on election day. I know, I know it might be silly, but that's how I think. Anyway, here on this show on Wednesday, we will all be tired, but we will all be here with a full breakdown of all of the results. We may not have every close race resolved by then, but we should have a pretty good sense of where we are. Between now and Wednesday's show, we need you to vote. Grab everyone you know and vote red up and down the line for everybody from governor, U.S. senator, all the way down to your local dog catcher. Every office needs to go red. Okay, let's go. I want to spend uh, these final hours before Election Day looking at the final polls, state by state, uh, with the nation's most accurate pollster. Robert Cahaley of the Trafalgar Group will be here to give us a final report and which races to watch tomorrow night. I also want to, if we have time, and I've got a pile of stuff here to get to, so if we have time, I do want to discuss the propaganda press in all of this. They've been as disgusting as you might anticipate. And also, if we have time, I'd like to discuss the actual collusion. You know, during the Trump years, we heard about fake collusion between Donald Trump and the Russians. All of that was a flat-out lie. They made it up to smear and destroy him and his presidency. Whereas now, we, we've had actual collusion actually in a lot of different ways, but we've had actual collusion between the Biden regime and big tech. It's been completely outrageous and a clear violation of the First Amendment where you've got government coordinating with industry, in this case, big tech, to suppress speech. It's all the literal definition of fascism with government in bed with industry. So that if we can get to that as well, if not, we'll cover that later in the week, but I, there's so much to get to today on this day before the election. Also, we've got your emails. That's coming up as well. But first, the Monica Memo. So we are now mere hours away from the most important midterm of our lives. And I know every election cycle we talk about This is the most important election of our lifetimes. And that has generally been true for the last couple of election cycles at the least. But midterms usually don't get that kind of love until this one. And the reason this midterm is getting all this love and the reason it is the most important is because the Biden presidency and unified Democratic control in Washington has been an historic catastrophe. The amount of damage that they have inflicted on this country in a very short amount of time, less than two years, has been extraordinary and outrageous and plunged this country into a darkness not seen in a very long time. This is not America. This is not where America should be in the 21st century. And we should not be living in fear intimidated by a bunch of Democrat communists. Their policies have had a direct impact on every single American. I don't care how much money you are. I don't care if you're Elon Musk, or I don't care if you are a dog walker for a living, if you're earning 
an honest living and you're out there busting tail to work in this economy, God bless you. I don't care where you are on the income scale. You are affected by out-of-control inflation, sky-high gas prices. You are affected by soaring crime, the wide-open border, and all of the problems that that brings. You are affected by cities in collapse, drug addicts on the street. You're affected by all of it. And more and more people are now connecting their votes with the consequences of their votes. When times are good, people don't always do that. They'll just go and vote as they've always voted. So they go in, they vote Democrat because their parents voted Democrat. That's how they were raised. They've always voted Democrat. We've talked about this on the show before. It takes a lot for someone to switch their vote or their party affiliation. It takes a lot. But I have said over and over again, the American people are tough, we are sturdy, we are durable, and we are patient. And so we can get pushed and pushed and pushed, and we will take it and take it and take it until we don't. That's when you see wave elections. And I have a feeling that tomorrow might be one of those moments. This election cannot just be a message election or even simply a red wave or even a red tsunami. And we all hope for that. But it has to be even bigger than that. This election for the Democrats must be an extinction level event, an ELE, an extinction level event. You know, like what happened with the dinosaurs? Extinction level event. I was on Laura Ingram's show on Friday night, and I used this a a couple of times, and there was a studio audience there, and they loved it. They were laughing. They were applauding. Extinction level event. And it's got to be even more than that. So we've got to vote them out, of course, And we've got to vote them out into extinction to the point where they can't come back ever, or at least for a very long time. We've got to push them into a very small, permanent minority, like they have been trying to do to us forever. What do you think the wide open border is all about? The wide open border is about flooding the zone with a new demographic that's all going to vote Democrat. Why? so that they can lock in a permanent Democrat voting majority and put us in a permanent minority forever. So they've been trying this for a really long time. And you know what? Now it's our turn. What Elon Musk has been doing by firing all of the communist psychos at Twitter, that is a prelude to what we are going to do to those communist psychos tomorrow. You know that film, Captain Phillips, Tom Hanks stars in it, and it's based on the true story of the American captain of a cargo ship uh, off the coast of Oman or Yemen that's uh, hijacked by pirates. Remember, true story happened a couple of years ago. Well, there's a great line in that movie that has since become a meme, and the meme is when the pirate gets into the bridge, you know, they, they take control of the ship and the lead pirate finally gets to the bridge and he looks at Captain Phillips and he says, look at me, 
Look at me. I'm the captain now. Well, uh, come tomorrow, we are going to force the left to look at us because we're the captain now. They have pushed us and pushed us, and it's almost as if, and I talked about this on Friday, it's almost as if they want a revolt. They want to push us to our back up against the wall where there is a revolt because that will give them a pretext to crack down on us, right? So they have pushed us in every direction, COVID lockdowns, masking, vaccines, high inflation, gas prices, crime out of control. You're not safe in your own communities or your own homes. Wide open border, 5 million illegals coming across in 18 months, all of it has been meant to push us to a breaking point. And I genuinely think that they thought that breaking point would be violence, like somebody would act out and and it would give them a pretext, a reason to crack down on us and take away even more of our rights. But we didn't do it. We didn't take that bait because we do this peacefully and we do it according to the Constitution. That is elections, the ballot box. That's where we let our our steam off. That is our valve. We are not like the left. We don't go into the streets and burn down small businesses and kill people. We're not Antifa and we're not BLM. We go to the ballot box and that's how we let our displeasure known. That's how we let our protest known. But I want to take it one step further than what is hopefully going to happen tomorrow. We need to crush them so badly that they can't come back, not for a long time, that they're going to have to do an autopsy about what's happened with the party, you know, like we've done over many years, every time we lose a major election. We need to push them so far out in such a small permanent minority that there is no coming back, at least not for a long, long time. This is what I mean about an extinction level event. And then we need to take it one step after that, which is that the Republicans in Congress, the conservatives, the America First uh, candidates who are all going to be elected, from governors to senators, members of Congress, we need to hold them accountable to their promises to us and to the country to do what they are telling us they're going to do. They need an America First agenda, They need to do whatever they can in the confines of having Congress or the governorship. And Congress, you're certainly going to have a Democratic president, whether it's Biden. And later in the week, we're going to talk about it's only going to be a minute before they dispense with Biden. He's on a banana peel. Okay, Biden is he's tomorrow is basically the last day of the Biden presidency. Okay, so he's going to be out on a banana peel. I'm sure it'll be Kamala for a period of time, but they are maneuvering for 24 with their candidates. That's a conversation for later in the week. But I know that as long as you've got a Democrat White House, very difficult to to get things through because the president will just veto it morning, noon, and night. But every Republican who is elected, we need to be holding them accountable for all of the things that they ran on on the economy, on the border, on crime, on the military, national security, immigration, 
all of it. We need to be holding their feet to the fire to make sure that they actually deliver for us. And it's not the typical, um, you know, song and dance where they get sucked into the Bermuda Triangle of Washington and lose their way and forget who they actually work for, which is us. They work for us. I know sometimes we lose sight of that because we get caught up in the drama of the politics of the moment and, you know, uh, these politicians or that politician or whatever. Remember, the founding fathers gave this power to us. This is a government of, for, and by us, the people. We do not defer to these people. We do not worship these people. We entrust them with power to take care of the Constitution. These people are caretakers of what the Founding Fathers gifted to us, which is the most incredible governing system the world has ever known and the greatest experiment in human liberty. That experiment now has proven itself. It's no longer an experiment. It is the greatest record of human liberty in the history of the world. That's what the Founders gave to us. That power is with us. It's in our hands. That's why I cited the uh, Captain Phillips line. I'm the captain now. We're the captain now. We lost sight of the fact and we let pirates that also happen to be communists take control of the ship because we were lazy, not paying attention, whatever the case might be. And we allowed these communist termites to infiltrate this country over 70 years, taking control of the news media, the uh, educational system, the culture, movies, television, music. We allowed all of this to happen over so many years. And now we're at this tipping point. And thank God so many of us are awake now. We're not woke. We're awake. And we see it for what it is that this is a takeover of America, and we are at this precipice now. So many people now understand that, including a lot of traditional Democrats who are saying enough. And it might be, maybe they don't see that big picture, but they see that they have to uh, walk before the sun goes down because they might get mugged in their hometown. Or they see it at the gas pump every week when they go to put gas in their car. Or they go to the grocery store and they can't afford what they could afford just two years ago. The direct impact of this radical left-wing communist agenda is directly affecting people and that is opening their eyes. So maybe they don't see the fuller picture of this Marxist revolution enveloping the country, but they get it in their day-to-day lives. And I can't tell you, I've talked to a number of traditional Democrats that said, I'm done. I'm done with the crime in New York. I'm done with uh, the sky-high gas prices in Connecticut. Whatever it is, wherever they are, they're voting Republican. And again, it takes a lot to get someone there. But the American people can take a lot because we're so blessed until the moment we don't. And that's why I honestly think this is one of those moments, those seminal moments in American history where the people who have been pushed up against the wall have had enough. So we will do our duty tomorrow. I will bring you all of the results on on Wednesday. And we will then take on the mission to keep the Republicans' feet to the fire to make sure that they deliver on what they have promised. Because it's one thing to deliver an extinction-level event to the Democrats. 
That's great. But on the flip side, guess what? You got to hold the Republicans accountable so they don't blow it going forward. If you're going to pulverize the Democrats into near extinction or total extinction, well, you got to make sure they don't come back. And the only way you do that is making sure you've got America first pro-growth safety policies in place that are anti-criminal, pro-law enforcement, pro-growth. That's how you keep the Democrat communists down. It's one thing to send them into extinction tomorrow, but if you don't do what you said you're going to do on the Republican populist side, they're going to come back in two years. They're like Alex Forrest, the Glenn Close character in Fatal Attraction. You know, at the end where she pops up out of the bathtub after you thought she was dead? Exactly. That's the Democrats. So send them into extinction tomorrow, and then the hard work begins of keeping the Republicans on course, not caving to the other side, not letting their promises go by the wayside, but honestly, holding their feet to the fire to deliver a better America. You know, like the kind we saw under President Trump? Yeah, exactly. Because you don't want Alex Forrest and the Democrats coming back in two years. Extinction for good, like the dinosaurs. No Jurassic Park where we're resurrecting them, okay? Extinction for good. All right, let's hit a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, let's see. Well, I don't know. There are some races that I'm looking at. And also, I want to, oh, I want to bring you a good thing that's happening on the uh, Democratic side with their demographic of black women. Holy smokes, guys. Sit tight for that. Don't go anywhere. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys. And you'll feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. 
Okay, welcome back on this day before the midterm elections. Um, In a couple of minutes here, we're going to get with Robert Cahaley, the nation's most accurate pollster from the Trafalgar Group. He's going to bring us state by state where we are um, in these races with these final polls. And it's tight. It's tight. I mean, it's a lot tighter than it should be, but we are in such a polarized uh, situation right now in this country. And this is where we are. That's why we need all hands on deck. We need everybody voting. We need everybody out there. Grab your friends, grab your family, grab your colleagues. We need everyone voting. And we all know that they're going to try to steal it. So the Pennsylvania Secretary of State, Democrat, came out late last week and said, yeah, gosh, golly, you know, just don't think that we're going to be able to count these votes uh, in a timely fashion. We may not have a result on Tuesday night. So sorry about that. Yeah. To which we say, oh, hell no. There are entire countries that somehow managed to get the entire country's vote counted on election night. But we don't have states that can do it. It's embarrassing. The world's only superpower, the United States of America, can't even count its votes. Well, the reason that we can't count our votes, it's mostly in blue states, right? And states with big cities, New York, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Chicago, can't get the vote counted because guess what? They're stealing. So we will see what happens in the state of Pennsylvania, the state of Georgia tomorrow. But understand, Democrats have been elevating voter fraud, election fraud, as an art and a science, at least since 1960, when the Kennedys orchestrated voter fraud to steal that election from my old boss, President Nixon. Okay? So they've got it down. They've brought it now into the 21st century And they really know what they're doing. So watch for those blue states and swing states like Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's got a big city in Philadelphia. We know that there was fraud going on there last time around. And this is why that Democrat Secretary of State in PA said, gee, I don't think we're going to have a result. Well, how do you know? How does she know that? She knows that because she knows there's going to be cheating. So let's see on Wednesday where we are in terms of uh, the results that are coming in. Now, the entire left is in a nuclear meltdown, and it's, it's between the, these reliable polls showing a Republican swing, and it's also, you know, big tech has its finger on, on the scale, that's for sure, but there's one less big finger on the scale, and that's Twitter. Elon Musk has lifted not everything, but he's lifted a lot, so there's more free speech. It's not perfect. But there's more free speech on Twitter. The left is wigging out. The Hollywood crowd is flipping their wig. Everybody is like going bonkers because they can't win if they don't control the narrative. You control the language, you control the narrative. You control the narrative, you control behavior. You control behavior, you control the population. So without controlling the language and the narrative, the left is lost. They know they've got nothing except a brute coercion. So they're flipping out. And in fact, today, Elon Musk tweeted this. To independent-minded voters, shared power curbs the worst excesses of both parties. Therefore, I recommend voting for a Republican Congress, given that the presidency is Democratic. 
Okay, so they're all the left, Rob Reiner, uh, Valerie Bertinelli, you know, they all tried over the weekend to try to impersonate Musk and hijack his account, and he <laughs> permanently suspended them, which was a thing of beauty. But Musk is out there saying what the founders intended, which is checks and balances, right? They built a system of checks and balances, and Musk is saying, look, Democrats have gone completely insane, caused a lot of damage in this country, and so let's at least right now install a Republican Congress to be a check and a balance on a Democratic White House. Now, I can't wait for unified Republican control come January 2025, because unlike the left, we're actually on the side of good. We're on the side of the founders. We're on the side of the Constitution. We're on the side of free market economics, individual liberty, limited government, the things that the founders intended. That's what we're on the side of. The left is on the side of absolutely destroying the country, and we can't have that. So the left, in every direction you're looking, they're in complete meltdown, And they're in meltdown because, first of all, they're losing their absolute grip on power. So, of course, they're they're panicked about that. And they're terrified because every day we get more evidence that the winds of war are changing. Listen to this. No other demographic group votes as a block for the Democrats more than black women. Black women are their core constituency, okay? Black women vote Democrat by 92%. 92%. This is why they're going to have a little bit of a difficult time moving Kamala out, okay? But again, after the Dobbs decision back in late June on abortion, rolling back Roe v. Wade, the propaganda press warned women would go to the polls in droves seeking retribution against Republicans, Right? Well, again, maybe not. Listen to this. Nearly three quarters of black women recently surveyed said that they were, quote, motivated more than ever before to vote in November. And the top reason is not abortion. It's rising prices. You heard that right. Three out of four black women polled by Change Research, said that they were, quote, extremely worried about rising prices. The kicker here is that this poll was conducted for a PAC that, quote, helps select black progressive women. So it must have shocked them to see that black women are going to the polls over skyrocketing inflation, higher rent, Grocery and gas prices, those are the black women's top issues. Does this mean that they're going to vote Republican tomorrow? Not necessarily. But even a slight shift in the black vote toward Republicans could mean dozens of additional wins in federal races and even more at the state level. Even if just some black voters move over, that will be a sea change huge, a political earthquake. And we've seen it in some of these polls. We've seen it a lot with Latino voters, much more extensive movement to the GOP among Latino voters versus black voters. But we have seen some marginal movement among black voters. This is why the Democrats are freaking out. 
Again, Latino voters are moving away from them in droves. Younger voters are not having it so much, which is why you got the marijuana policy, the student loan policy. They're trying desperately to get younger voters back. And women, women, we saw that poll last week. White suburban women that were all like, oh, I'm voting Democrat. Oh, it's because abortion rights and all that. No, that was a, what, 18-point swing in the last couple of months among white suburban women toward the Republican Party. And now on top of all of this, some black voters, Democrats are facing an existential threat, and they know it. Meanwhile, the Democrats know if they've lost Phil Knight, (laughs) they're in big trouble. Phil Knight is the billionaire founder of Nike and a lifelong Democrat, And he lives in Oregon. I think that's where Nike's corporate headquarters are. Um, But this year, he has come out and said he is backing the Republican candidate for governor, Christine Drazen, over the Democrat, Tina Kotek, and in fact, has given Drazen a million dollars. According to the New York Times, quote, Mr. Knight, who rarely speaks with reporters, said in an interview that he would do whatever he could to stop Ms. Kotek from becoming governor, describing himself as, quote, an anti-Tina person, close quote. He said he had never spoken with Ms. Drazen, the Republican candidate. Knight said, quote, one of the political cartoons after our legislative session had a person snorting cocaine out of a mountain of white. The cartoon said, Which of these is illegal in Oregon? And the answer was the plastic straw. So Phil Knight has had enough, like a lot of Americans. And I know that this is just one guy, but he's a very rich guy, a Democrat, who can't take the woke communist stuff anymore. And in a way, he's a bellwether. I talked to, as I said in the opening segment, I've talked to a couple of traditional Democrats in the state of New York. Democrats their whole lives are voting for Lee Zeldin for governor. Guy like Phil Knight, all the money in the world, doesn't have to vote Democrat, is voting Democrat. Oh, Monica, but his business interests, yeah, exactly. Do you know how many businesses have fled states like California, New York, Illinois, Washington, Oregon? Countless. Because the taxes are insane, the quality of life sucks, and crime is out of control. They can't get workers, everything, the economy, all of it sucks. And so they're going to blue states like Florida, Texas, Tennessee, Arizona. They'll be going to Arizona in droves once Carrie Lake is elected. You better believe that, 100%. So this is why they're freaking out more than usual. And later in the week, we're going to... We're going to take apart some of the meltdowns, including, uh, by the way, I cannot wait to watch MSNBC and CNN tomorrow night. If it's going to go the way that we think it's going to go and that we hope and pray it's going to go, it's going to be like a funeral. Delicious. All right, before we hit uh, Robert Kahaley, I just want to go through a couple of races that I'm watching and that you guys, you might want to watch tomorrow too. So, and these are like under the radar uh, kinds of races, but remember Keith Ellison, the militant Muslim who was like uh, completely off the charts. I think he had served in Congress. Anyway, he, he ran a couple of years ago to be the attorney general in Minnesota. He could very well lose that race. 
that will be very interesting. If Minnesota starts tipping red, holy cow. But Keith Ellison could lose his reelection bid uh, for Minnesota AG. And the Republican who's running for governor in Minnesota is a guy named Scott Jensen. He could topple lockdown specialist Tim Waltz in that governor's race in Minnesota. So watch that. All the way out west, Tiffany Smiley in Washington State could beat Patty Murray. Now, I think she's a couple of points behind in Washington. That's a rough state uh, as a Republican. Patty Murray's been in there forever. But Patty Murray is also considered the dumbest member of the Senate, which is saying a lot. So it would be nice to have a smart Republican like Tiffany Smiley in there. We'll be watching that. Connecticut also has a governor's race. And it's close, but the Republican Bob Stefanowski actually has a real shot of becoming uh, the first GOP governor of Connecticut in a very long time. Also, keep an eye on Indiana's first congressional district. It's heavily union. It's never been represented by a Republican. The GOP candidate there is a fabulous woman named Jennifer Ruth Green. She's African-American. She is military. She's dynamite. And she is running ads featuring black voters explaining why they're voting Republican this time, as we have been talking about, because the Democrats, quote, have never done anything for me or my community. She has the potential to be a real national leader and a game changer. And she's, she's really smart, again, military, very attractive. She's just dynamite. She's running against a white male Democrat, And guess who the Congressional Black Caucus endorsed? The white male Democrat. So watch that. Um, Also, there are a couple of deep blue states that could, could elect a Republican governor. First, there's Oregon, which might go red in the race for governor. We're going to be watching that very closely. Second, I mentioned New York. Lee Zeldin could break the Democrat stranglehold here in this state. And if he's got coattails, that could extend to flipping a couple of these house seats in the state of New York as well. And if that happens, that'll be a political sonic boom. Now, Lee's problem is that so many hundreds of thousands of conservatives have left the state, just took off, rightfully so. So those of us left in New York have to work extra hard to make this one happen. Also, Just watch for Illinois' gubernatorial race. I know Illinois is another hard nut to crack, and it may very well be out of the reach of the Republican running for governor, Darren Bailey, but it did catch my attention that Biden was just in Chicago campaigning for the Democrat governor, J.B. Pritzker. Why did the White House send the president to Chicago if Pritzker, like, was on an easy walk for this thing? Hmm, interesting right? So watch that. Okay, so those are some of my off-the-radar races to watch. In a couple of minutes, we're going to come back with pollster Robert Cahaley of Trafalgar about these races and some other big races in just a couple of minutes. But before we do, I just want to take a moment to welcome a brand new and fantastic sponsor, Worthy. There's a new easy way to get money for that diamond jewelry that you are not wearing. It's called Worthy. Worthy is a platform that can get you up to two or three times as much money as a pawn shop or local jewelry shop will offer you with zero risk. 
Worthy puts your jewelry in front of a worldwide network of professional buyers, people who will bid against each other for your diamond. And Worthy makes it so easy. Free shipping, free insurance coverage, free professional grading and evaluation, and you're in control from start to finish. If your price isn't met, you don't have to sell and you get your piece back, no charge. And now for a limited time, you'll get an extra $100 when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. All you have to do is register at worthy.com slash Monica. That's worthy.com slash Monica. Get more for your diamond jewelry at worthy.com slash Monica. Worthy, a better way to cash in on that hidden asset hanging out in your jewelry box. We'll be right back. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome the nation's most accurate pollster. Robert Cahaley is the chief pollster and founder of the Trafalgar Group, and there is no one better to turn to on the day before the election. So I'm thrilled that he is here. Robert, welcome. Hey, I'm happy to be here, and uh, thank you for the invitation. Well, you are amazing. And like I said, the nation's most accurate pollster, which is why the left comes after you because you bring them bad news, especially in an election cycle like this one. So it's great to have you here. And I do want to go through the critical races with you, but let's let's begin with what's actually driving voters to the polls this year. Every election cycle, it's a different issue set. So what are you seeing um, as you go out and, and you're polling state by state? What are the top issues for most of the American people? I mean, start with just inflation. I mean, the overall economy, prices of gas, uh, you know, all, all the inflation-related topics are just dominant. People are very, very frustrated. I mean, you know, when you talk about kitchen table issues, there's nothing that affects your kitchen table more than the cost of your breakfast. And that is tremendously high. And people are, are feeling it. And they're, they're feeling it. And, and they understand not exactly how it happens, but they understand that it's bad now and it hadn't been happening for a long time. And so it's logical to blame the administration, even if you don't actually understand economics that well. And they do. And they blame this administration in particular. And so the more and the more they learn about, you know, that because not everybody understands that spending, believe it or not, that's something we found. So but they're just they're frustrated and the cost of everything is risen. And I, I remember talking this summer, I said, if we get an early freeze, I think that's going to move some numbers because. When people start filling up those heating oil in the Northeast, uh, very, very uh, blue places are going to get real, real light blue and, and, and possibly pink when that starts happening. You know what, Robert, it's funny that you say that because I'm sitting in New York City as I'm talking to you, and it is a gorgeous day. I mean, it's been very warm for late October, early November in New York in the Northeast. But a couple of days ago, I got an email from Con Edison, which provides my electricity and my gas in my building. And it's a big warning 
about rising home heating costs and how to manage those bills and working with Con Ed if you're not going to be able to afford it. I mean, coming a couple of days before the election, an announcement email like that from your, your energy provider in the city of New York or the state of New York, that could make a difference. I think a lot of people are braced for a very rough winter and that could affect their vote. Absolutely. And we know we're hearing about it uh, in the polling we're doing in New Hampshire. I mean, they're specifically talking about the cost of filling up the heat and oil. So, yeah, it, it, it is it is absolutely an issue. So and all this stuff. I mean, and if it's not that, it's the safety. I mean, you know, we ask us a couple of different questions, but one of them is, do you feel safe going to a convenience store or the grocery store at night? And I mean, that's just a simple question, but how people feel about that right now is big. Yes. And there's a lot of people who, who, who would say yes in the past who will not say yes now. Uh, and then we ask uh, another question we'd like to ask is, do you worry about your children or grandchildren overdosing on fentanyl that comes across the southern border? And everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story of, you know, a kid maybe who bought an Adderall from a friend because they had to take a test or, you know, not, not like a drug addict who got something laced with fentanyl. And it is just, it's just horrible. Devastating. Devastating. And that is a direct function of the wide open border and this administration's refusal to enforce that border. You know, between the economy and all of the other catastrophes that we're seeing, Robert, you know, it's not like people have to think back to the Reagan years, right? For a, for a reference point about a booming economy and safety at home and national security, it's not like they have to reach back four decades. We just had this two years ago under President Trump. So that memory is very fresh with people. And that's why, it, you know, the comparison is so stark. And that's why I think, it, you know, we're, we're seeing a huge drive toward the GOP. Um, what, uh, on the generic ballot question, before we get state by state, when you ask people, um, do you prefer a generic Republican or a generic Democrat for your congressional representative? What is the this last result before the election, and how has the swing gone on that? I believe I'm pulling. So I think our final um, generic ballot uh, is. I know it's five points, and it is Republicans forty eight point four and Democrats forty two point seven, mm. and um, yeah. And the thing is, Republicans could take the House with a negative generic ballot number. Um, but so, you know, but the one thing I always tell people, and this is the misnomer, it is not that America is becoming Republican. We've actually polled the specific question. What the, do you feel like the Republicans have earned your vote? And the answer universally is no. Yeah, they do not. Uh, but they are tired of the Democrats. Mm. So it's, you know, my analogy is it's kind of like if, if you know, when, whenever you're, you know, playing at the casino, you always bet red and you're losing. You say, I'm going to try to bet black for a while. Let's just do something different. So these people are giving the Republicans a test drive. They're not buying the car yet. And the Republicans can earn their vote 
or they can swing right back and vote for somebody else in two years. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say that, Robert, because I just did the whole opening monologue for the show today on that very subject, which is we need to deliver an extinction-level event to the Democrats tomorrow. But that's when the real work starts, because all of these Republicans, assuming they, they get elected in the numbers we think they are, Um, We need to hold them accountable to actually deliver on that America first agenda um, to make the country stronger and more prosperous and safer. Because if they don't, you're exactly right. These voters will swing back in a second. The Democrats will be back in two years. Yep. There's no question about that. And so that's what we're finding is that um, this is happening and that they're just, you know, they're, they're considering Republicans, but they're, they're, they're not, they're not, they're not becoming Republicans. And so, you know, if we get a Republican majority, uh, Kevin McCarthy and whoever the Senate elections majority leader will, will need to deliver. Yes. Yes, 100%. And we've got to hold them accountable for that. All right, let's turn to some of these key races, uh, Robert, and we'll go state by state and states that have Senate races and gubernatorial races. Let's start with New York, because I'm sitting in New York, and running for governor, Republican Lee Zeldin versus the incumbent Democrat, Kathy Hochul. Where does that race stand? Our last poll has that dead even. Uh, we are way different than everybody else on it. We were way different when we started telling people to pay attention to it two and a half months ago when they all said the Hochul was going to win, you know, by uh, double digits, maybe even the 20s. Uh, what we found is New York is the only state in America where crime is ahead of inflation. And it is a significant problem. And they're, you know, it, it's funny because first two times we we polled it we had i think it was uh hokel up by four then hokel up by two and but we kept hearing something different every we kept hearing about um this people kept talking about cuomo or cuomo this cuomo that and so i said there's something to this this Mm. is interesting so the last time we polled it after we did the ballot test we asked the question who do you think did a better job, Cuomo or Hochul? Cuomo, 60-40. Then we said, all right, if it were today, your choices were Zeldin versus Cuomo, or not today, but when you vote in the election, which one would you vote for? Cuomo beat Zeldin 55-45. And that is, so we dig in the cross tabs, we realize that there's a significant amount of people who are Democrats who said Cuomo, who say Zeldin when it's versus Hochul. And that is a machine that has existed in New York since the 1980s. Mm. And, you know, I I think either that machine is actively working against her or passively working against her. But I think there's a lot of people who don't understand that in New York, a lot of folks look at Cuomo like they look at the Kennedys in Massachusetts with the kind of different than the nation. And there's a lot of nostalgia there. So I, I think there's something going on. And certainly we know of some of the major TV networks that have been polling in New York in the last two weeks and yet aren't publishing anything. Mm. And we find that very suspicious. And somehow the Democrat Party seems to know that that race is in play, even though the polling numbers you see public don't indicate that it's that tight. 
Wow. But we think it is tighter than that. So, I mean, they're saying 10, 8, 12. Yeah. Listen, this thing is going to be tired. I mean, I'm not, Zelda may not win, but if this thing's within two or three points, they're going to look pretty silly. Wow, that's incredible. You know, there is a Senate race in the state of New York as well. Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, soon to be Senate Minority Leader, we hope, um, is running against Republican Joe yeah. Pinion, Pinion um, who's an incredible guy. I've had him on this show. He's terrific. What does that race look like? Because that's not we- getting any attention. Well, and that's, and it, it ought to because we have um, Schumer at fifty point eight. Now there's you know there's a lot undecided and there's independent in there too, but that is very interesting to think that you have the incumbent at fifty point eight. That is that is not the kind of lead an incumbent wants to go into, especially if there's a wave election that is not being measured completely mm. and that's the other thing and i want to make sure i'm clear about this most of anyone who's heard it any of the other interviews i've given knows this i've been saying for two and a half months ever since biden's speech um where he you know had this little marines on the outside and talked about the ultra magnitude being a threat to america there are a segment of republican maga type voters who are convinced that after that, that they are trying to make lists. They are convinced that if they participate in a poll, they could be put on a list. Mm -hmm. Within three weeks of that speech, we had six different people approach us and say, hey, here's a picture, a screenshot, or here's a recording of a poll that says it's your company, but I'm not sure, so I didn't take it. Now, in all six cases, it was us. But I think about the le- that never happened before. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. The level of suspicion. And so, and then and we continue to talk to people who say, I'm just not taking polls like that. I, I, I really, I'm, I mean, this is what they're telling us that they're scared that they're building a list, uh, that they're going to be targeted. They're going to be canceled. They're going to be audited. They're going to be investigated and they're just not doing it. And so I have estimated these submerged voters. That's what I call them that they're just, they're not being measured. They're not talking, you know, they're not putting signs in the yard sticker on the car, talking on social media, but they're going to vote. And I've estimated that's going to be between about a half a point to as much as five in some states. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. We used to call them the shy Trump voters, right? No, People it's different than that. Oh, tell them, tell me why. We were very good at identifying a shy, a shy voter would take the poll and just wouldn't tell you that for Trump. So we'd use vehicles like, well, what do you think your neighbors think? So this is different. They will not take the poll. At all. Oh, that's interesting. They won't take it at all. Oh, that's very interesting. Okay. So, wow. All of these poll numbers, except for yours, could be way off. (laughs) But ours will be off too, because I can't measure people who don't exist. Yeah. No, that's right. I've said everybody, including us, will underestimate Republican turnout. Wow. Now, we'll do a better job of getting the ones that are shy or hesitant. Certainly. But the mm-hmm. ones who just say, I'm submer- I'm out, they're submerged, yeah. we won't get them either. Um, wow, that's that's an incredible dynamic. Thank you for letting us know about that. Um, let's turn to Pennsylvania. We've got a gubernatorial race there, Mastriano versus the Democrat, uh, Josh Shapiro. Yeah, this is one that it is, a, it is very regretful that the Republicans did not spend just the basic amount of money they would give any other nominee 
because they don't understand there is a symbiotic relationship between governor and Senate races. If one falls, you know, it's not one for one, but for example, were that race to be at least some somewhat funded, that race would be closer and Oz wouldn't be in a contest anymore. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I think the Republicans have been very short-sighted at not getting behind Mastriano any better than they have. Yeah, agreed. Um, But there's a lot of agendas involved there. Uh, On the other hand, you have the Senate race. I mean, and our last poll, by the way, had Mastriano within five, and that's as close as anybody had him. And he has built an incredible grassroots network, and I expect him to perform where we had him. Um, we have Oz up by two and that's about three or four days old, but you know, this thing, Pennsylvania is a crazy place. A lot of stuff happens. Oz has not made the case. Oz has not presented himself as likable enough and hasn't, hasn't gotten past the carpetbagger thing. But at the same time, he's running against John Fetterman. Right. And so this is one of those classic situations where people don't like either candidate. So they and, they may hold their nose and vote for one or the other, but you've got us up by two. Right. And I think I think that you're going to have uh, a lot of folks come out and they're just they just think that Fetterman is just too far gone. You well, know, he is. <laughs> you know, it seems to, it, it's really kind of, and I guess it's not, it's probably too late for them to use a strategy, but if I were him, I would say, I'll do a, whatever evaluation you want if I get elected. And if by the time I, if I'm ready, to, if the time I'm ready to serve, I'm not capable of doing the job, I'll vacate the seat and let the governor appoint someone better. I think if he said that, he could win. Mm. Wow. Um, Pennsylvania is going to be absolutely fascinating tomorrow night. That's for sure. How about in our final minutes here, how about uh, Arizona gubernatorial and Senate? Carrie Lake is a juggernaut. Carrie Lake is the future of the Republican Party. Yep, I agree. Um, she is an incredible spokesman. She is. She just she just has it all. She she cannot only deliver a speech. She can answer a question. And, you know, there's a lot of great speech makers who can't answer questions, and she can. And I know Hobbs didn't want to type a debate with her, but you know what? That's the best decision Hobbs made because Carrie Lake would have embarrassed her. And I think, again, talking about the symbiotic relationship, it's helpful uh, for Masters to have her over there. But with the Libertarian dropping out of that race uh, and endorsing Masters, even if Masters gets as little as one-third of that vote, in our polling, that makes it a dead heat. And if you're a dead heat going into 2022 and you're against running against an incumbent Democrat, I, I like your odds. Yes. I okay. think Master has an excellent chance there. Okay. Good to know. Okay. That's excellent. Georgia, um, both gubernatorial, I guess Kemp is way ahead. And then there's the Herschel Walker, Raphael Warnock race. Yeah, we got we got Governor uh, Kemp up about at ten, and our final poll has Herschel up by three. Now, what's interesting to note is all the every poll that's came, come from somebody who has a decent record in Georgia since the last debate showed Herschel either tied or up, and 
he has continued to increase. Add add to that some of these yeah you know, some of these accusations coming at the this late hour. Gloria Allred both nine yards. Just kind of reminded of I had Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, it's yeah. like this, this campaign's been going on for a year. There's yep. plenty of time to bring this up. Now all of a sudden you bring up so, you know stuff from thirteen. You know, come on, it's just it's not it's not believable, and it's just not moving people. But what we have seen is in the closing days. Coach Dooley gave a really heartfelt personal endorsement of Herschel that was on television for 10 days right before the coach's passing. It, it, is just, it was so powerful. Uh, this, is, you know, this is the Bear Bryant of Georgia. The last week has all been about celebrating Coach Dooley's life, and there's no talking about his achievements without constantly bringing up Herschel Walk because he was the you know, national championship uh, team. He won the Heisman Trophy. So most of that video includes Herschel. Add to that that the most recent B-roll anybody had of Vince Dewey was his ad for Herschel Walker. And it just, just the way that there's a video that's going viral of Herschel at the game Saturday and after Georgia scored and he was kind of cheering and people realized he was up there. Like everybody around, like thousands started just chanting his name. I mean, that I think Herschel... Our numbers had him up by three and on the verge, and I think it's like three-tenths of a point from going out of runoff. I, if I had to guess, I'd say if there's any kind of Republican surge that we're not accounting for, I think Herschel went out without a runoff. Yeah, you know, I was just down in Georgia on the campaign trail with him, Robert, and and I saw it. I mean, he's just worshipped down there for being a football legend, but also for being a good man. And so I, I agree with your analysis completely. I saw it on the ground. All right, in our final moments here, let's just sort of do rapid um, for three final Senate races. Uh, New Hampshire, Bulldog versus Hassan, Maggie Hassan. What do you see there? We have Bulldog up one. St. Anthony College has Bulldog up one. Uh, Insider Advantage has Bulldog down one. That's kind of a jump ball. It can go either way, but I think Bulldog's number of town halls in a state that values spending personal time and the fact that in the last few days, Governor Sununu has come out and gotten behind Bulldog. There's even a TV app with Sununu on it uh, supporting Bulldog. I, you know, like I said, I, I make that a coin flip, but I feel like that that coin is going to land on Bulldog's side more often than not. Oh, that's great news. Yeah, New Hampshire is a quirky state as well up there in New England. They're very independent-minded, so that that's good to hear. Okay, Nevada, Laxalt versus Cortez Masto. Yeah, that, you know, all the credible polls that we've seen on that one have the Republicans leading for uh, governor and and Senate. Uh, the, our last one, I think we had uh, Laxalt up by four. Uh, it, and uh, it just consistently, uh, and I think Lombardo was up by five, but consistently we've seen that. So it, it really surprised me that some people really have not kind of put that to bed. We, we think Republicans win both of those. And, okay. Yeah, you know, by a point or two. Oh, that, that is also great news. And finally, the you know, I'm very interested in the Oregon gubernatorial race, Christine Drazen versus Tina Kotek. And I'm also, while we're in the Northwest, the Washington Senate race um, of Patty Murray versus Tiffany Smiley. Just those final two races. Okay. Well, Oregon, you know, I think uh, Drazen has a very good chance. 
mainly because the you know the third party candidate who's actually a Democrat split the Democrat vote, uh, mm-hmm. and I mean over twelve in every poll I've seen, and I think thirteen in ours. So the fact it's, it's not that Oregon is becoming Republican; it's just the Democrats are having a big fight. Add to that all the nonsense in Portland, and then a significant amount of Oregon counties who would like to leave Oregon and become part of Idaho. So it's a lot going on up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Washington well, state, Washington state, we have been saying for a while, this thing was close. If I said again, we were crazy. Uh, we, our last one had it within a point. And, you know, Patty Murray almost lost four years. I mean, by four points uh, during 2010 and, you know, she's had two more terms then. She's gotten more irritable and hard to deal with. Uh, Stephanie Smiley is probably the best single uh, U.S. Senate candidate the Republicans have. Uh, you know, if this, I'd say this one's the coin flip too, but more often than not, it's going to land up on Patty Murray's side. But I think Smiley has a real shot at it. Oh, that, that is very good news in these deep blue sp- uh, states. It's just incredible. Okay, final question. Predictions for both the House and the Senate. Do, do you want to put a number or a range of what you're yeah, expecting? House, 25 to 30 seats. And if, the, and if the wave is as big as it could be, 30 plus. Senate, I would say walk, walking away with, it's all said and done, GOP at least a pickup of two. But so quite possibly, fifty-two, quite possibly two or three more. Wow! If that wave is as big as I think it might be. Wow, incredible. Well, we shall see. Um, it's all very exciting, and I so appreciate you, Robert. Thank you for taking the time to be here. This is Robert Kahaley. He is the chief pollster and founder of the Trafalgar Group, the nation's most accurate pollster, which is why I wanted to have him here today. Thanks again, Robert. We appreciate you and all of your great work. Thank you. Have a good day. God bless. All right, guys, welcome back. Time now for our pre-election Monday email bag. Send me an email, Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Vaughn writes, Ms. Crowley. Very formal. Ms. Crowley. I only just discovered your podcast Absolutely love it. Now I don't have to create one on my own since you sound exactly like me. (laughs) What do you think is our prospects for our once in a generation's chance to completely and utterly destroy the Democrat Party? Not defeat, destroy. Thank you for any consideration in responding to this email. Well, here I am, Vaughn, responding to your email on the air. Thank you very much for this note. And as I have been saying, I think tomorrow is going to be a good night for us. And you want to know why? Well, there are many reasons why. Democrat communist overreach leading to the destruction of the nation. And we've all had enough, obviously. But the people who are going to drop the hammer on the Democrat Party are normal Americans like you and me, Vaughn. We will defeat them. Destroy? I hope so. We've been talking about the extinction-level event. But it may take more than one election in order to completely pulverize them. And certainly it's going to take what I said at the top of the show, which is the Republicans stepping up and doing what they said that they were going to do and not becoming establishment tools. Because then the Democrats will come raging back in two years and nobody wants that. 
So make no mistake, all of this has to be done. We have to make them extinct. And we're going to begin tomorrow by absolutely crushing them. But we need all hands on deck and everybody voting in order to make that happen. All right. So thank you so much, Vaughn. I appreciate the note very much. I'm glad you're part of the Monica Crowley podcast community that we're building right here. Glad to have you on board. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for joining me and for checking out all of our terrific sponsors. We really appreciate that as well. I will be right back here with you on Wednesday with a huge show and all of the election results. You're not going to want to miss a second of it. In the meantime, enjoy tomorrow. Get out and vote. Make sure everybody you know gets out and votes red. And we will reconvene right back here on the Monica Crowley podcast on Wednesday. God bless you guys and God bless America. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.